Hey guys, Montel here, and welcome to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. I'm coming to you from the Convention Center in Long Beach, California, where they're holding the Cannabis Science Conference 2022 here in California. is like really the first of the big events back in public with the Cannabis Science Conference, and it's been great, and we've got some really wonderful guests lined up who are presenters here and um, sharing some information, some science, and sharing information about you know cannabis, their experience with cannabis, and trying to help people understand that uh, they're giving you enough information that you can make good choices for yourself and your family if this is something that you are thinking about. A lot of the things that we talk about here, I want to make sure you you understand. Um, And I've spoken to some guests already here that have talked about various anecdotal information about their experience with cannabis. I'm not in any way, shape, or form, trying to say that I have 100% validated, peer-reviewed, studied, clinical trialed information, but anecdotes are something that I think we really have to stop for a second and start paying attention to. You know, ends of one are ends of one for a reason. What do I mean by that? Ends of one are people who, you know, are outside of the confines of what traditional medication and traditional science may claim to be a cure. You can't deny if a person is diagnosed with, let's say, one malady one day, they do some things and then they go see a doctor and that diagnosis changes the next day. Something that person did literally affected their outcome. Now, we can say, well, because I didn't have peer-reviewed science, it can't be what they did. You can say that all you want. But I think it is a time and a place that science should start investigating the ends of one. Because the ends of one may be where the answers are. But what do we do? We just chalk it up to, I don't understand it, so that just happened. Well, my guest today was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of bone tumor at the age of seven. Seven. Her parents were originally presented with a grim prognosis of stage four neuroblastoma. After carefully assessing her treatment option, they began began secretly giving her a formulation of cannabis oils, which they hoped the cannabis would stop the destructive and aggressive tumors from growing. She became a fierce candidate cannabis advocate at a very early age and an advocate for legislative changes to provide other patients with access to the same medication that helped save her life. Now, you might say, well, was it the cannabis that saved her life? Well, let's just look at it this way. If she wasn't doing anything else and then started using cannabis oils and her prognosis changed, then I'm going to say that the cannabis had something to do with it. I'm going to call her an N of one. Please welcome Riley Madler to Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, over the course, how old are you now? I'm 16. 16. So 16 years old now. And this journey for you started when you were seven. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, I, I want you to, let, let's start from the beginning. Let's go back then and let's talk about what were some of the first symptoms that you discovered that thought something was off and then take me on your journey for a minute. So before I was diagnosed with aggressive giant cell granuloma bone tumors. Um, Say that real slow so people can hear you. Say <laughs> it a little fast. Aggressive giant cell granuloma bone tumors. Granuloma bone tumors. Holy uh-huh. moly. Okay. 
Before I was diagnosed, my face was really puffy and my mom kept taking me to doctors and nobody could really figure out what was going on. My face was changing fast and becoming more deformed and everyone just thought, you know, oh, I was allergic to different foods and they tried giving me inhalers and finally um, we found out that I had my bone tumors. And those bone tumors, really, that was kind of discovered because you, let's talk about some of the other symptoms that began. You started losing your teeth. Yeah, I started losing my teeth. And losing your teeth at the, um, I guess, the tooth bud level, all right? At the, the, basically the buds of your teeth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And doctors could not explain this, right? No, they couldn't. And are you one of a, you're one of a very few people in the world that has been diagnosed with this in the face, right? Yeah, like when I was first diagnosed, um, the hospital that I went to, they said that they had never had anyone with that tumor walk through their doors, and they're one of the top children's research hospitals. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, that must have thrown you and your family for a little loop right there to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what made, how did you even find out or hear anything about the possibility of cannabinoids helping with cancer? So originally, my doctors, since they weren't sure what to do, um, they wanted me to use chemotherapy, denesumab, or interferon, either of those. And we all noticed that they had many bad side effects. And so during a watch and wait period, my mom, she looked up treatment options that could possibly help me with my pain or swelling. And cannabis kept popping up. So she decided to try it. And right away, we saw good results in my pain and swelling. And only a few months later, we saw bone regeneration and tumor shrinkage. And you were seeing, you were, now again, you sought out, your mother sought out the cannabis treatments, but she was looking at the broad spectrum of cannabinoids, not just, and then so people at home don't think that immediately her mom stuck Riley on some THC and said, here you yeah. go, sit in the bedroom, smoke a joint, and you know. No, she was looking for, and there's a lot of information out there right now. As a matter of fact, a recent study out of uh, Australia, I believe, has shown that, you know, certain cannabinoids, CBD, CBG, CBGA, some of the acid forms, have quite a bit of impact on cancer, and especially on cancer treated with radiation. It seems to enhance the radiation and make it work better. So your mom was doing the research, and I'm sure that she found that there's, you know, what a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, we we keep claiming that, well, they, as soon as they do more research on cannabis, and we might agree, but there's been well over 35,000 peer-reviewed study documents on cannabis in the last 10 years. Yeah. 3,500 of them in the last year alone. So the information is out there for you to seek out yourself. And unfortunately, you know, we live in this time right now where there seems to be this pushback against science. I and mean, we only want to believe the science that we think we want to believe. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to cannabis, until we're blue in the face, looking them in the face. I know you've gone and talk, spoken to legislators yeah. about this, but I mean, until we're blue in the face, some of them are going to push back because they are just so, it's like the doctors in this country. You know, there's so many doctors in this country who, won't even take the time to do the continuing medical research that they're supposed to do to maintain their license. And we've proven now over and over and over again, I I know you are an N of one when it comes to your type of cancer, but there are hundreds of stories like yours, thousands of stories like yours around the world. So let's go, let's start back with the treatment. So your mom walks in the door and says, look, just, just take this. Did you know what it was? You were seven. 
No, I didn't. My mom didn't tell me because she was worried that, you know, I would go on and tell other people. And she didn't tell my dad either because he worked for the state and she wanted to make sure that he would be able to pass a lie detector test. And if we were caught with cannabis, she wanted to be the only one caught. So um, my mom, she gave me the cannabis and, <clears throat> excuse me, she told um, the doctors that it was essential oils. Gotcha. Yeah. Which that's a good term for it because, I mean, yeah. but then again, if this was this year, she wouldn't even have had to lie and say that because we have passed the farm bill yeah. and you were taking the non-THC versions of cannabinoids. You were taking with CBD, CBDA. Were you getting CBDA or do you know? Um, I'm not quite sure, but I know it was like full spectrum oil. Full spectrum, mm-hmm. but without THC. Not much THC. Not much THC. Just a little bit. Yeah. And when it's kind of hard to kind of get all of that. But yeah. And, and, you know, we're starting to see that, that fullest, that broad spectrum. We know for a fact, folks, let's, let's let's talk about the science for here while we're here. I mean, since the mid eighties, we've known that, you know, as mammals and all mammals on this planet have an endocannabinoid system. That endocannabinoid system is a system in our body. If for lack of a better term, let's call it a secondary or a, a secondary sympathetic nervous system that literally produces something that are called some things that are called endocannabinoids. And these endocannabinoids are, you know, proteins and and amino acids that are mixed together that literally elicit a response. Science believes that the endocannabinoids are what regulate our cellular homeostasis. And what does that mean? That means keeps our cells operating at, you know, peak performance. And if you will, it's like the Goldilocks zone. It's not too hot, not too cold, just right. So, there's an imbalance in a body when a body has cancer or has any other illness. And cannabinoids have been shown to put the body back in balance. So your mom made the right choice. And so at first, were you taking it as a tincture or taking it as a pill? How were you taking it? I was taking it as an oil. My mom would like mix it with honey sometimes to gotcha. cover the taste. Mm-hmm. And you were taking it a couple times a day? Uh, yeah, she would give it to me at random amounts, but I would take it every day. Every day. And then how long after you started taking it did they start noticing that your tumors were starting to shrink? So I would say a few months later. I'm not exactly sure. I would safely say six to five months later. Wow. And with my tumors, they were so aggressive. My doctors thought that I would be deformed for the rest of my life with missing bones, no teeth, the possibility of being deaf, deaf. Oh. they thought that just everything in my face would be wrong. And um, so the fact that all my bones grew back and regenerated and my teeth roots grew back only a few months later, they were amazed by. Wow. And now this, this type of cancer though is one that does reoccur. Are you now? It's very, yeah. It's aggressive in that way. It kind of comes back, keeps coming back. Mm -hmm. You're now what, 16 years old. This started at seven do you have any tumors now or are you no, in remission? I'm in remission. I've been in remission for about eight years. Yeah. Holy moly. And do you stay on CBD? Do you stay on yes. that treatment right I now? I take it every day. Um, I also have epilepsy, which started 10 days after one of my procedures. In second and day. that's also because the tumors were are in your skull. So therefore, yeah, yeah. right? Okay. Possibly. And, and now does the, the, the are you affected with tumor, with uh, seizures now? Yes. Yeah, so... Um, my seizures before cannabis, I would have them every day. But now that I'm taking cannabis, I only have one tiny one every few months. So it's very controlled and I'm never in pain from them. 
Wow, that's great. Yeah. And and are you are you on the same formulation of cannabis that you've been on the entire time, or do you change yes. that? Has it changed at all? I take full spectrum CBD, 180 milligrams a day, and I take THCA at night. At night. Wow. And um, now I, I know that you have uh, aggressively become quite the advocate um, in not only your state but internationally. And you've also, you're now the, the youngest cannabis CEO in the world, are you not? Yes. And you run your own company? Huh? Riley Got Sunshine. doctors and researchers that are working for you. What's the name of the country, company? Riley Sunshine. Riley Sunshine. And are you producing products yourself or do you have, a, 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 are you using a third-party producer or are you doing it yourself? So um, we grow um, the hemp ourselves, and we make the oils. We have an extraction machine that we use to make the oil. From the hemp plants that we grow, we make sure that we grow everything organically with no chemicals um, because as a patient, I've had a lot of medicines from other companies that only care about money that contain alcohol and mold. Sure. And when I first started Riley Sunshine in 2017, I wanted to make a company that families knew would be safe because a lot of people can't risk giving their child um, medicine that's contaminated because it can cost them their life. And now, but see, now when you started this process, um, cannabis... Well, let's make sure we get this all straight. Cannabis has been illegal, but now since the farm bill, hemp is not illegal. So therefore, hemp can cross state lines. And as long as you're not sending THC across state lines, you are really producing a 100% legal product. Yes. And you're doing it out of all hemp-based products, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So therefore, your feedstock is out of hemp. So you know, all the cannabinoids that you are using, you can send across the United States around the world right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, uh, you know, let's let's back up and talk a little bit about your advocacy. So once you started realizing that this miracle oil that your mom was giving you was had the effect that it had, you decided that you wanted to make sure other kids like yourself had an opportunity to experience the same thing, right? Yes. Um, when I uh, was in third grade, I started the Riley Smile Foundation. I'm in third grade and I'm starting a business, the Riley <laughs> Smile. So, Mom, I, I want to start a business. What you think of that, huh? I mean, what did Mom say to you when you said, I want to start a business? So, my parents, when they like, when I, when the conversation first came up, you know, they asked me what I wanted because I was finally in remission and, you know, they wanted to give me a gift and they were like, do you want a pony or something? And I was like, no, I want a foundation to help other kids mm. like me. And so um, I made the Riley Smile Foundation to help advocate, uh, educate families about cannabis and support research of less toxic therapies. Wow. And so that started. And did you, were you met with a lot of resistance? Um, you were in a state, you were in Delaware, in a state yeah. that still, does Delaware now have a legal medical program? Yes, um, I actually passed um, a law in Delaware, also in third grade, um, that made medicinal cannabis legal for pediatrics. Ah, yeah, and I'm sure that you met with a lot of resistance with that. I mean, I know, did you go in and testify before the legislature? Yes, I did. So um, a lot of the legislators, uh, before I even spoke to them, they were against it. They were prepared to say no. I was in, uh, wait, 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 what year was this? Uh, this this is was what, around 2015. Five years ago? 15, yeah. 15? Yeah, around you know, I, I kind of, I rolled through uh, the Delaware legislature back, mm, I think it was more like 2000. Seven, eight, and remember, it was just like they were just a. I remember walking out, going, "These are the most boneheaded people I've ever <laughs> yeah. talked to." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
it was really hard for them to pass like the adult bill for medicinal use. And so with the pediatrics one, they were very prepared to say no. And when I first spoke to them, um, I was set onto this podium to speak before all of the legislators. Everyone, a lot of people were prepared to say no. But after I spoke, shared my story about how it had helped me, everyone sat back down. Because a lot of the legislators there, they grew up uh, hating cannabis for religious reasons or just believing the stigmas around them. But as they saw a patient who had had their life saved by it, they realized this is a medicine just like any other. And there's so many patients like you with different maladies that literally cannabis does so much for, not just yes. seizure, uh, but but then we're starting to see now that it impacts, it could possibly impact pancreatic cancer. It's impacting all kinds of gliomas. Um, and uh, their, their success, not just here in the United States, but all around the world. Yet people still fight. Does it not drive you crazy when you, you walk into a room and have people say, well, I'm not sure it was the cannabis that helped you? Yeah, yeah. I, I had a neurologist um, who she tried to revoke my medical card. This was around third grade um, when I had gotten it. She told me that I didn't have epilepsy after taking after taking me off of cannabis cold turkey for two weeks and showing her videos of me having seizures and being in pain every day crying. She came back to us and told us that I did not have epilepsy. I was addicted to cannabis. <laughs> and so I didn't need my medical card and she tried to revoke it. Thankfully, we fired her. And so now I have a new neurologist who's so much better and I still have my medical card. But it's crazy how many people are against it, even though it's obviously helping so many. Yeah, I think, you know, especially in the medical field, because, you know, what we're doing is we're literally basically making them understand that they have not done and lived up to their Hippocratic Oath to do no harm. We make them understand that Though they think that they're the smartest people on the planet, I always say this to doctors, if you're so damn smart, then none of us would be sick. Yeah. If you were so smart, you were God, you could like wipe away my illness, but you can't. So you're not that smart. All you are is a person who went to school and read a book. Okay? And if you continued reading the books that you should be reading, you would learn something about the endocannabinoid system and you learn the fact that we produce these chemicals in our body that actually help our cells function better. Yeah. But here it is, 2022. And we only have maybe, I don't know, a handful of colleges across the country literally even teaching this information. Yeah. So you're going to be one of our leaders in the next 10 to 20 years pushing this forward, are you not? I'll try my best. Yeah, I'll advocate until there's safe access uh, in as many places as possible. Well, you know, I mean, you and I kind of have a similar story because I, I literally came out as a cannabis user back in 2001, really. Um, because I uh, had been diagnosed with MS and had gone the entire journey with opioids that almost shut down my kidneys and liver. And and I literally shifted over to cannabis and found such relief that I figured the same thing that you did. It was like, it was kind of ridiculous. How am I the only person that's going to benefit from this? I wanted to make sure I could share it with as many people as I possibly could. And I started advocating back in 2001 and running around the country like, you know, a banshee with my head cut off trying to get people to understand. But I, I even run into resistance today. You run into resistance after we've passed the hemp bill, we've proven the efficaciousness of this substance. We still have people pushing back as hard as they can. You know, I mean, I, I spoke yesterday. I don't know if you were there, but a lot of people don't even understand that 
those who speak out against it haven't even done the basic research to understand that the federal government agrees with everything you say. Mm-hmm. You know, the U.S. government signed a patent for themselves back in 2003 for CBD. The United States government owns it. And I would, I would ask you, you know, I said this in front of a group of, you know, clinicians and scientists and people yesterday. People aren't understanding that at any moment, Uncle Sam could literally come to you and say, Riley, you are violating our patent by creating a product with CBD in it, and you need to stop today. If you don't stop, we're going to lock you up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's as, that's as crazy as this could yeah. be. Tomorrow, they could just say, we're going to, you know, uh, exercise our rights under our patent, 6603, no, 6630507. We're going to exercise our rights under our patent and shut down everybody who's got a product that has CBD in it. My uncle, um, he's even against it, and he's seen how it has helped me. He's a police officer. His wife is too. And they live- In Delaware? Uh, no, in Virginia, near, okay. near our farm. They live really close to it. And they tried to prevent us from building our lab. They had pushed it back six months by trying to report us. How can they push back a lab that's processing hemp? They have no right exactly. to do that. No, hemp is don't. a legal product. They don't. They're just trying to stop us from helping others. It's, 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 well, you know, and I, 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 I yell and scream about it, but I mean, it's like even like, oh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you know, a bus full of lacrosse playing college students from the University of Delaware, University of Delaware yes, yes. got stopped in Georgia. And racially profiled, but at the same time, the cops came on board and said, I know you guys probably have some in here. I'll find it. If we find it, we're locking you up. It's like, stop. I don't get it. No. And, and, you know, these people have children, and I would bet you that they will be the first people to run out the door and try to get some cannabis to help their child if their child was in the same position you were in. They just need to put themselves in other people's shoes. Absolutely. What's your next step? What do you want to do next? I mean, you've got, you've got, you still have your original foundation? Yes, I do. I saw my foundation in my company. And say, say the name of your foundation and give out all the digits so people know where they can go to support. Say it real loud. Let me hear you. So I have the Riley Smile Foundation. And you can reach you at RileySmile.com? Uh-huh. Okay, RileySmile.com. And then I also have RileySunshine.org, which is my oil company's website. Okay, and is that selling this just it is just interstate commerce that you're doing. Are you selling outside of the United States also? Uh, currently, we're pretty much only selling in the U.S., but we hope to expand soon. Um, we sell oil, body massage oil, and we sell um, bombs for joint pain okay. also. Gotcha. And um, are you have you have you lot, uh, sought out any partnerships with um, any other organizations to see if they can help expand your reach? Well, we're partnered with Front Range Biosciences currently, and um, they provide us with hemp seeds, and we grow them to help them with research in the Mid-Atlantic region and see how hemp grows in that area. And in return, um, we're able to donate some of the oil we make to our foundation to give to families in need. Oh, wow. That's great. So if a family is sitting in a situation where they want to see if maybe this is the possible avenue they want to go down, they can reach out to your foundation and get some ship to them? Yes. That's excellent. That really is excellent. And so, now what are, what are the kids in your, uh, they, what grade are you in? I'm in uh, 10th grade. 10th grade. I forgot. I can't, I can't remember that. But <laughs> 16, you were in 11th grade. Okay. You're in 10th grade right now. Yes. And so what are the other, 10th graders can be kind of mean. They can be. They can be jerks. <laughs> yeah. They come up, hey, pothead, what's up? 
Yeah, um, I've had a few people ask me, you know, for weed in school. (laughs) But I mean, you know, just how it is. They all want some. But in general, everyone's really supportive of me in my school. You know, they know my story and they know about how I've passed multiple laws in Delaware to increase accessibility for pediatrics. And my school is even really supportive as well. Wow. Did you have one in particular uh, legislator that supported you and helped move you around the hallways? or Ernie Lopez. Ernie Lopez? Yes. All right. And then, so we should do a shout out to Ernie for helping yeah. you out the way he did. Yeah. Absolutely. And then. the first person we reached out to. And uh, at first, he was very against cannabis, which is why my mom and I reached out to him. But after sharing our story, he was totally on board with us and he helped us like all along the way. Wow. Now, do you. Uh, so currently in Delaware, you have a medical cannabis bill is passed uh-huh. for adult use medical cannabis, which mm-hmm. is weird to me, but okay. Yes. So. And then you had to put another law on top of that for, for pediatrics. Yes. And now, then you had to put another law. Is there another law that you had to put in place? So, um, after well, is, isn't wait is there a bill sitting on the governor's desk right now in Delaware that needs to be signed? So currently, um, there are people trying to pass a recreational ah don't use yeah. okay yeah recreational. Um, so that's currently in the process. I'm not sure if the governor will sign it or not. We'll see. Um. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you want to know how to become a social media influencer, how to grow an online business, how to make money from your laptop and build a profitable online company? Well, I'm going to show you how in my podcast, Living the Red Life. I built a million-dollar company at the age of 25, a $10 million company at the age of 30, and now I'm the A-list celebrity marketer that speaks around the world on how to transform businesses and make them profitable using Facebook ads, marketing, social media. My name is Rudy Moore, and I'm super pumped to bring you my podcast, Living the Red Life. I know this is going to become your new favorite podcast, and I'm going to show you how to grow a profitable online company step-by-step every single week. And you know, let, let me let me just. What what are your thoughts when you hear people say adult use, recreational versus medical? What are your thoughts? I'd, I'd like to hear from your generation. So personally, I'm fine with like recreational and everything, but I see it all as medical. I feel like thank you. Yeah, I feel like you know, if you're using cannabis, you can use it for anxiety and all kinds of pain. And I feel like it's very important medicinally, and that's why people need it. You and I sound like the the you know I'm sitting in your bedroom listening to everything you say at night because I say the same thing. I try to make sure people understand that if a person makes a decision to choose cannabis over any other form of, you know, let's call it not want to call it psychedelic, but any other form of uh, medication. They've made that, well, there you go, using the word medication. They've made that choice for a medical reason. Yes. You know, if I should decide to use cannabis when I come home from work rather than take a shot of some brown liquor, I'm making that decision medically, even if I don't want to admit it myself. If I'm going to do it because I came home and I want to relax, well, I'm easing, relax, I'm, I'm, I'm easing tension. I'm relieving myself of some of my anxiety. I'm, I do it because I want to sleep better. Well, I need to sleep better. Well, that's a medical reason. So for anybody out there who says, uh, you know, we have adult use and recreational, I don't believe that any cannabis use is recreational. There may be some who are doing it because they want to catch the euphoria that they get out of it. But that euphoria is there because they're trying to get away from something else. Yeah, they're trying to relax. Trying to relax. Yeah. So that to me is a medical reason. So I'm glad you said that because it's um, it's it's one of those things that people I don't think are willing to to face and look at directly, especially when you. 
Think about doctors who won't take the time to understand that there's a viable problem. Have, have you spoken before a lot of medical medical conferences? Yeah, I have. Um, those are pretty much all of the conferences I speak at. I've spoken at a lot of medical conferences and to legislators. And I've been to one business conference once in Hong Kong as a disruptor. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right, what, what happens when you're at the medical conferences? I, I, I really would love to hear what, what do doctors say back to you? Well, Riley, we're not sure that the cannabis is really what did it. Yeah, so um, I can see how before speaking they would say that, but um, usually when I'm at medical conferences, a lot of doctors they end up being really supportive and they're glad that I shared my story, and you know they're there to learn about cannabis and they want to do all they can to kind of learn because you know they weren't taught about cannabis in college right. as they should be. And um, it's starting yeah. to catch on a little bit. I think George Washington University, um, Georgetown, Maryland. Maryland, yeah. University of Maryland has a project. Well, yeah, but but a lot of people don't know that University of Maryland was studying cannabis back in 1980. Mm-hmm. There, we had a a program at the University of Mississippi that's been around for now close to 70 years, and the University of Maryland literally was evaluating all of the cannabinoids and the component parts of the smoke because what they would do is they would raid places and they would take it to the University of Maryland and the University of Maryland would basically burn it in this big incinerator. How do I know that? Because every now and then they would burn it and you find out when they were doing it, if you sat at the hill up above the university, the wind kind of bought this big cloud up that hill. So, you know, on some Saturday afternoons, there'd be like 150 people sitting on the hill just, you know, waiting for the university to do their thing, you know. Now, we were doing our own research, however, but the university was actually researching and studying the component parts of the exhaust smoke. And they collected this data for years. And nobody even knew about it. So, and and now I think they're finally coming out of the shadows and admitting the fact that they have a program there. I think you can get a degree, or you can get some sort of a, a BS in a Bachelor of Science in cannabinoid information or something, can't you? Yeah, you uh, I spoke at their school of pharmacy a few weeks ago. Okay, cool. Yeah. And they are pretty open to it, right? They are very open. And it's to starting it, yeah. to happen around the country. I know in Colorado and Oregon and Northern California, you know, they're finally doctors who are starting to understand. But you know. Um, you look in places like, you know, Missouri, Kansas, Florida, even Florida that has a medical cannabis bill uh, or program, they are in some ways as backwards as I think any state that I've been in when it comes to cannabis. Yes. And so now, still now at age 16, and I'm not, please believe me, I'm not <laughs> judging one way or the other. Are you, did you find, for me, my last 20 year Excuse me, journey with cannabis. I've noticed that when I first came out and started using it to replace the medications that I was on, I responded really well to, you know, like a 60, 40 CBD to THC. And sometimes I was taking, I was trying to find, I had some, some flowers and some keef that was, you know, testing out, eh, uh, somewhere around 18, 19% THC and about 19, 20% CBD. And that seemed to help the symptoms that I was trying to, to work on. And over time, you know, and then I was augmenting because back then we were finally starting to extract and doing good extractions in 2001, 2002, 2003. So I was taking some tinctures that had more CBD in it, you know, 90% CBD. And I was getting relief. But then I found that over time, 
over, let's say, a four-year period, I, the CBD wasn't working as well for me. And I really had to – I tried THCA for quite a while, decarboxylated, um, so therefore I wasn't really getting euphoria out of it, but I was literally getting some of the medical impact of it. That was working for a little bit along with a little bit of THC. You know, and then, um, oh, maybe about the five, six-year mark, I started noticing that I fared way better with a higher THC. And, you know, what people don't understand is that just because your tolerances and your, you know, your system becomes more and more inundated with cannabinoids, um, you know, I went for, I'm telling you, 10 years where I really needed the highest THC I could find to get the same relief that I was getting earlier on with higher CBD. Then at about the 10 year mark, it almost smacked me upside the head. Like the THC wasn't working anymore. And then I started going back to CBD, adding CBG and making sure I had a broader spectrum so that I had a little bit more of the, all the cannabinoids than just THC. And I started feeling better. And then in the last four years, um, five years, I've started to notice that I'm more now, I need to be more of like a 50-50 person. You know what I mean? I got to have as much THC as I do CBD. But if I go too much THC, then I don't, it, the, the euphoria is not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for pain relief. And so, you know, it's not the same. So I got to kind of modulate myself back down. So I literally have created some formulations that are THC, CBD, terpenes all together in the same vape cart that I can inhale at the same time. And I have one of those, those formulations is extremely high in CBD. It's like a, you know, a, a 90, a nine to one CBD to THC. I have one that's 50, 50 and I have another one that's the opposite. It's nine to one THC to CBD. And so I kind of like have to play with that sometimes during the day on certain days, you know, I get up in the morning and, you know, I can take a hit of the high CBD and it just doesn't relieve my neuropathic pain that I have in my feet. So then I'll take a higher a hit of the, the higher THC and it goes away. So I've kind of combined the two together and that seems to work. Have you found that for yourself or are you staying pretty much on the exact same formulation? So I've stayed on the exact same formulation for a very long time, but for my seizures, like when I'm actually having a seizure, I actually take um, a THC nose spray mm -hmm. and I spray it out my nose and it can stop my seizure within seconds. Got it. And so usually I use about maybe up to 30 milligrams of it. Mm -hmm. Depending on how bad my seizure is, I use more. Um, but yeah, so I use THC for like separately than my day-to-day -day medicine, only when I'm having seizures. And my day-to-day -day medicine, I haven't really had to uh, change it much. Modulate. Okay, that's good. That, well, it's good to know. So, I yeah. mean, so you have a formulation that that is stuck with you and then works really well. So, yes. And I would suggest anybody who, you know, is, is venturing down that path, where, where can they go to get more information first about your story? Let's start there. So about my story, I actually have a website. It's RileyMadler.com. It okay. kind of has like information about me, but also on my foundation website, there's a little bit of like um, information about my story and the foundation. Okay, let's go back and I'll spell it at R-Y-L-I-E-M-A-E-D-L-E-R.com. That's your website, so they can get information about you right there. Uh -huh. And then they can go up on your foundation. Oh, which one? That's Riley Smile. Riley Smile. Riley Smile.com. They can find out more information there, right? Yes. Absolutely. And um, if they wanted to order products, where do they have to go? 
RileySunshine.org. RileySunshine.org. Well, Riley, I got to thank you so much for being here and being a part of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. And I wish you luck. I know you're speaking here at the convention. Are you looking forward to that? I'm very excited for it, yes. You got a lot of really, 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 really good, smart minds in that room when you were speaking today. So rock them hard, girlfriend. Thank you. Okay, for sure. And thank you. And then thank you all for tuning in to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin. And I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.